You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by our friends over there at Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald. Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert, the entire team, is on board for this episode. Cole drove in from Kansas City just for your entertainment's sake. And I got out of bed. And and Ryan just Gilbert entertainment got sake. out of bed. We're taping at four o'clock. I flew here from Austin just to go back to Austin tomorrow. Yeah, your travel agent sucks, man. Although we are flying out of here, out of Manhattan, to go to to go to Waco, but actually we're going to Austin because the flights were cheapest to Austin uh, and really expensive to Waco and also expensive to Dallas, even though we're on the flight to Dallas that we would have been on. I don't understand how airlines do air. Wait, did you just leak that you're going to interview for the University of Texas's uh, men's basketball head coaching vacancy? Y- yes. Yes. Okay. Hope someone doesn't beat me out for that job. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. We're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you're into town. And I expect most people listening here, if you're inside the the continuous 48 states, will be at the basketball game Tuesday night at Bramlage Coliseum when Oklahoma State comes to town. Plenty of tickets there because the students are gone. So there will be some general admission tickets. Hell, you might end up sitting right next to me. I'm right across the aisle from the unattended kids seating. <laughs> There's a question on that, actually. Bramage Coliseum. Yeah. So just come on in and uh, sneak some liquor in from the fridge, wholesale liquor, and sneak it to me. That's how it works. But I'm, don't give it to the kids that are in the section next to you. Hell, give it to the kids. Maybe they'll calm them down. <laughs> Jeez. The man. The getting down post-game. You little can't get monsters. Oh, I know. That's, that's actually the biggest problem. We have to leave the press area to go to post-game, and we can't get out because uh, they're, all, um, they're all screaming for Willie. Well, that sounds worse. Anyhow, um, make sure you stop in the fridge. They're awesome people, and they've got, they've got booze. Thank you. Thank you for the hand motions over there, President Trump. Your questions from Wildbass Station. We got a little football in the first half, a little basketball in the second half. I may not be as talky-talky as I have been because I just did this with Brian Hanley yesterday. So I'll let these other guys air their grievances or whatever they have on this Festivus. Take it away, Gills. 
First and foremost, we got a few question askers that we don't recognize. So shout out to you guys. Welcome. So many new people to the podcast. It's like it's or people that just don't post and they finally logged on for the first time in 64 months. Uh, Yeah, it could be. Yep. Oh, someone else is coaching basketball. I'm back (laughs) or I'm here for the first time. Anyways, what is this is from Ghost State Kate. What is the ceiling for the K-State football program? Super Bowl. I think they can win the Super Bowl. You know, that's a great question, but look at TCU. It's not like TCU dominated K-State this season. So they did a good job of putting themselves in a position. Even though they got lost to K-State in the Big 12 title game, they'd done enough work in the season to get to the playoff. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why that couldn't be a K-State in the future. You play in the Big 12. The answer to this question is the college football playoff. I mean, for the sole fact that you play in the Big 12 and you have won a Big 12 championship, the answer to this question is a college football playoff. It's time for the program to take the next step. They won a Big 12 in a year in which a lot of people expected them to compete for a Big 12 championship, maybe not win it. But I know a lot of us said if K-State can get to nine wins, you're probably moving the program a step forward. The fact that they got to 10 and won a Big 12 championship on top of that I think that they've gone maybe two steps further in this um, in this program elevation, as Jerome Tang would say. So I I think the answer to this question is a college football playoff, and I think with the group that you have returning next season, that's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility considering where you ended this season. As of right now, the college football playoff is far-fetched just because it's four teams, but the expansion is so key for Kansas State to really elevate the program. And so the ceiling certainly is a college football playoff and winning a game or two in there. Just because once you get to that, you know, that spot, anything can happen in postseason football. Obviously, it didn't work well for K-State and Sugar Bowl. But once this expansion comes, K-State has, <clears throat> excuse me, a real chance to. <clears throat> Are you going to die? Maybe. Okay. A real chance to, to do something special. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and when, when it gets to 12, who knows? Who knows what that chaos will create? I mean, and the benefit magic, for right? the, the benefit for K State is if you're in the college football playoff, you are probably the Big Twelve champion, and you're going to get that bye. So you're only going to have to run three games instead of four games to get well, not to get there to win the whole thing. Which I think they can win at least two games to get to the final at some point. So I think that right now, yes, college football playoff a little far fetched at four teams, but later on. I think absolutely making the playoff, I don't want to say more often than not, but more than once every 10 years. Oh, I would I would even take that a step further, Zach. I think that's why this year was so important. I think that's why next year is so important because if you you don't have to win your conference next season, but if you can consistently finish in the, the top one or two, like say K-State finishes third in the conference, they finish 15th in the country and they're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl or an Alamo Bowl, you know, they go nine and three and they're in that range all season long of competing for the conference championship, you're establishing your brand. That's all that it takes. If you establish your brand the next two seasons and you have that, that, that symbol that you are K-State in the back of the committee's mind, they will put you in over a team that has a similar resume. How many times have we seen that i'm not going to sit here and say that the only way k-state can get into the college football playoff once every 10 years is if they win the conference i don't believe that to be the case i believe if k-state wins nine to ten games that they have a great chance to make the playoff if they continue to elevate their brand at the end of the day we know brands dominate college football if k-state can start to become more of a brand like we've like clemson like we've talked about on this podcast that's how they get into the 12 team playoff how much let's, caffeine have you had? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just very passionate wow. about that. Let's let's move the ceiling up a little bit, not call it 
the national championship and winning a national championship, let's say it's the Big 12 championship, is 50% a 50% rate of Big 12 championship game appearances a, a reasonable ceiling to expect? Should you reasonably expect to be in Arlington every other year? With Texas and Oklahoma gone, I think you can make the argument that the answer to that question is yes. Texas, what has I Texas think so done the last 10 years? I yeah. get that. Get out of here. I get that. I know, I know what you mean. Big media coal. I'm just... It's like votes for Texas every summer. The Elite Eight ish, that that, that area of March Madness, 50% of the time. Like, that's, I think, what Tang has that standard at right now. And is it expectation, you know, for, for. For, for trying to hold it back a little bit, right? I mean, obviously the ceiling is a national championship. Like you can't, you literally can't go any further than that. Um, I think they broke through a ceiling this year. So I think the ceiling has to be raised. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. From. Thank you. It's, that's your cue. A bunch of random letters, 1989. Where do you rank uh, Chris Kleiman? A Moyerly? What does that mean? It's just a, just it, there's vowels and consonants together. Okay, that is a name. A okay. Moyerly. We can get a clarification after. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. We, I'm sorry, I'm Moyerly. I'm sorry, they don't know how to pronounce your name. I don't like you, Moyerly. Where do wow. you rank Chris Kleiman? Where do you rank Chris Kleiman in terms of Big Twelve coaches? Well, clearly be behind one. Lance Leipold. Look, I, you know, I'm, that's a joke, folks. Because every time a ranking comes out, Lance Leipold would be ahead of Chris Kleiman. Um, I I don't know how you don't put him up near the top. He has a good argument for number one right now. Yeah. I think he has a great argument. Yeah, Mike Gundy's resume is great, but look what's going on right now. I'm still watching. Oh, it is apart. bad. It's coming apart. Nate Veranda's shines off his head. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. Right thank there. you. Uh, Sonny Dykes had a really good year, but it's, it's just, just one. It's just one. It's just so one. let's give him some yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Let's ask Gene Chizik how that worked out the one good season at Auburn. Let's ask Bruce Weber how it worked out. Oh, boy. Um, Matt Campbell is not. No. Brent Venables is not. No. Sark is most certainly not. Get your hands off me. Um, no, yeah. I think you might be number one. Yeah. All of the new schools, no. It would have been Luke Fickle if he would have stayed at Cincinnati. You could make that. You argument. can make, yeah. If Fickle was still at Cincinnati, you can absolutely make the argument that but day he, one he he's literally up there. ran from Big Twelve competition. Yeah. He said, "I'll go to an easier yeah. uh, conference, an easier division, division yeah. that they're getting rid of." Yeah. No, I I think climbing. I I think right now, it honestly might be climbing and Lance Leipold. If I was an AD okay. and I got my picking, it it'd be climbing. You don't you don't agree with me with Lance Leipold? Well, let's Absolutely let's go not. let's go this way. I Good would coach, say I would not. say it from this aspect. If I was just having to hire a coach from Big 12's pool, those would be my two choices. Fair, yeah. Talking about ceilings, Leipold's ceiling I think is very high. You're putting your chips in the middle if you hire Leipold. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you hire him, but if you're at KU, I think his ceiling is quite low. What's I think he's probably flirting with hitting it with his head right now. Eight and four. <laughs> You need a new roof. <laughs> you need plumbing in your football stadium. Plumbing. They didn't even yeah. have it at their bowl game. Who's the worst coach in the Big 12? Oh, that's a good question. Neil Brown. Is it Brent Venables? Oh, no. Maybe. Um, Neil Brown doesn't count. Why doesn't still Neil technically Brown count? Coach? He, he's a, he's if a you're about to get fired... If you should be fired. Well, that's your answer right there. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he does count. <laughs> Fair <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> but if you want to rule him out, I mean, Venables maybe at, the, at this point. 
I, think, I feel like I'm forgetting coaches. Okay, you know who actually might be at the top here? We didn't even mention his name. Is McGuire from Texas yeah. Tech. That's going to be a sleeper team for next season. No, I sure. agree with that. I agree with that. He's probably in that top four. But I think Clemens is ah, Yeah, I think it's got to be Neil Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Gene Chizik. <laughs> I look. Scott Satterfield might be joining the conference to compete for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what's that hire? Did you ever think the day that Gene Chizik would be back in the Big Twelve, you'd see it? Gene Chizik. What are we talking about? Gus Malzahn. Or not? Just, yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Gus my bad. Malzahn. My bad. I meant same guy. Yeah, yeah. same, same guy. Thing. We same did the coach. same thing. Yeah. Vest in glasses. Yeah, yeah. Same no, guy. I, I think Gus is a good coach. I always thought he'd be a good fit for Manhattan, but don't have to worry about that now. Mm-hmm. Does Gary Patterson still count technically? No. How? How would he count? He's, he's coaching in the Big 12. Sort of. He's like an analyst. And he can't spell analyst with a whole lot of anal, so no, that doesn't count. But um, 13.39 on the timer. <clears throat> From Grums, what is the timeline for when we will hear about Chris Kleiman's contract extension or increased pay, as well as an increase in pay for the assistant coaches and the staff? I don't know what the timetable is. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's got to happen. I mean, I Gene had an interview with was it Kansas City Star? I didn't. There was, know. There was something the other day that talked about it. That I think stuff's on the way. I. You know what? I'm glad I'm not Gene Taylor. He's going to have to shell out some money. Or He's going to have to find a way to get money. Maybe it's great that K State's towards the end of this building cycle. This. Facility cycle. Maybe they can load up some money now into the 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 bank, the vault to accrue interest to try to pay these coaches because he's going to have to not just the head coaches but the staffs. You want to keep them together. I mean, you don't want to be losing the Scotty Hazeltons again. I mean, you don't want someone coming after Klanderman or Klein right now. You want to keep everything in place. So yeah, and let's be honest, he's. He might have to pay Jerome. I'm not usually a guy who says pay a coach after the first year, but if this thing stays on course and they're in the NCAA tournament as a decent seed, I don't know how you don't. You you have to. So, yeah, good luck. Good luck, Gene. And we'll just say this. like Tang's not going anywhere with the whole Texas thing that happened earlier, earlier this afternoon, but there's going to be one or two in the future in the coming years when Tang hasn't gotten that raise yet that might make a little bit of sense. So that's why – you have to keep that job secure. I would think Chris Kleiman is going to get paid before the spring football starts, right? To answer this question specifically. I would think so. Before the end of the month. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's here this month so that it has some kind of impact on transfer portal and that kind of thing. And he's made a lot of money. I think people don't really realize that with uh, incentives this season. I, I know that there was like – some insane amount of money if he won 10 games and he hit that than if it was if he won the big 12 championship and he hit that so i would i would be curious if they make maybe you know not as much of a base salary raise but maybe they put more in the incentives um and maybe tie that in with the college football playoff now, appearance i'm just gonna say this um i don't know if you folks understand this but um i'm really good with money i mean yeah I'm, I'm like amazing with investments and uh, how to manage your money. Quit laughing, Zach. Um, but right now, uh, that Mega Millions is at $940 million, So maybe Gene should buy some tickets. That's how I plan on making it. At, at a certain point, it does become worth it to buy every ticket combination and you will profit. Right. What point is that? 
I don't know the math there. But if there's like one in two hundred something, three hundred million, I I've got two dollars a ticket. I mean, I've got my retirement hey. set. I just haven't won the lottery yet. I'm running out of years to play the lottery before retirement, but uh, I think it's just so that I can win the right one. Nine hundred. I think I could buy a nine hundred forty million. Scratch. What would it be about? Like four hundred eighty million in your pocket. If you took the cash now, about half of that, and then about another half of that uh, well, after taxes. So that's okay. It's okay. Two hundred. You, you got to set up the family trust uh, so that I can pass this money on to the dogs. <laughs> who did that? Who left their money to their cat? I can't remember who that was. But yeah, no, that's that's just my uh, my fiscal advice, and I think all of you understand um, that I'm brilliant when it comes to money. Hope my wife isn't listening. I hope Gene Taylor is. I know it's good advice. It's I solid don't, advice. I want climbing to leave. Yeah, I don't know. Blackjack table. Black. Go just go to the blackjack table. Take a you know a cashier's check with it says one million dollars. Of athletic department funds and just put it on black. Five times. Five <laughs> on times. black check. Put it on black on black check. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I kind of confused my games here. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. From Mountain Joe, life after Deuce Vaughn seems set with DJ Giddens. He had some nice runs and brings size to the position. What say you? I, I tell you what, someone on the message board had a great comparison, and they're different players, but how the Chiefs have had to manage the offense without Tyreek Hill. It feels like the same kind of thing. I mean, Grant, they're different positions, but the way everything ran through those players is a good comparison. And also the fact that they can't ride all the rides at Disneyland is also a good comparison. So, uh, that yeah, they're going to have to reinvent some of the things. But honestly, what the Chiefs did, they went out and found uh, more playmakers. Not as good of playmakers, but they have a wider selection. And I think that's a lesson to be learned there. I think DJ Giddens brings something different to the field. Uh, it's obvious they're going to go to the portal to find someone to supplement that room. And I think they need to get back in the portal, you know, particularly if Knowles and Brooks. I'm just going to say it. I hope Knowles and Brooks don't come back. Maybe Brooks. This, they they need to fix their receiver room. The receiver room isn't as good as it should be. And these guys, it's been a log jam. And I, I don't mean that to be hostile towards them, but I feel like once they really have to fix the problem, they'll fix the problem and go get some bigger playmakers. There's no reason with Will Howard at quarterback, you can't go find receivers because he will make you uh, have some good stats. He's going to throw the ball to you. Did you see DJ Giddens in that game against Alabama completely run past those guys? Yep. People want to talk about how big he is, how strong he is. But he is fast, too. And I know some people on our boards were talking about how maybe the offense won't be as explosive with DJ Giddens as running back. But I don't agree. I, think- I, I don't agree either. He, he he has the ability to do pretty much, you know, maybe besides making people miss like Deuce did. If, if he gets in the open field, DJ is going to be gone, too. He is going to be a stud. And, you know, I still think he's young. And there's not going to be that process of um, – you know, how Deuce was so meticulous with everything he he did. He watched film so much. He understood the offense. I'm not sure DJ's at that point because they're just different players. They're um, different people. They're different people. And, and you know, that's Deuce was, Deuce was a leader. 
DJ is not a leader. He leads by example. So He's so quiet. Um, yeah, and the guys try and get him to open up, and they say, well, we, all we know is he likes to fish. You know, well, so what do you know? But DJ is going to be a star at Kansas State, and I think that he's going to have a really good year next year, and I'm really excited to watch him play because he has next-level potential too. Well, good. If he likes to fish, he'll be patient for the holes to open up. Yeah. I, can't, I can't fish because I get so bored. That was an aside. Do we have more questions? There's one more. But okay. I was going to say that without okay. Deuce Vaughn, the offense just gets a lot more simplified. And you mentioned, you know, like Tyree Kill or whatever. The offense doesn't have to revolve around one player now with, with Kansas State. And especially the way that, that Will Howard kind of stepped up in the second half of the season. I mean, K-State was running the football. That's all they did, right, the first half of the season with Martinez. I think there's going to be much more balance next year, especially if a guy like R.J. Garcia, someone from the portal, a young guy, steps up at the wide receiver group. It's going to be a much more balanced attack on offense. I'll say this, too. After watching Jaden Jackson in that bowl game, too, I know when they had two catches, I am very excited to see Jaden Jackson, R.J. Garcia, and then Keegan Johnson, uh, the transfer from Iowa, who I think will be the number one wide receiver. Those, You have something with those three guys. I don't know if you're at the level you need to be, but I think those three guys combined are more talented than the three guys they had in Knowles, Brooks, and Warner. And that's not a shot at them, but based on skill level and talent-wise, I think you have something there. So I don't think you're going to lose much on offense. It's going to look different, you know, but uh, it all starts with the guys up front. And, you know, who, who knows what happens there. But I'm not worried about Connor Riley's group. So I think the offense will be just as good, if not better, next year, as crazy as that sounds. And people always knock on the bowl games, and I'm not a big fan either, but not just playing that extra game, but the prep that you get for those extra X number of weeks heading into it. What does that do for a guy like Jackson, these guys that maybe not um, didn't play a whole lot in the season but now get – uh, extended off season, a, a good you know head start heading into to uh, spring ball. So that's another reason why that this bowl game helps K State moving forward, apart from the recruiting aspect and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Last question: El Camino Cat wants to know what do you think of case uh, TCU's chances to win the college football playoff championship? Whatever. Would it <laughs> both? You know. Yeah. Sorry. Would a TCU win be good or bad for K-State? This is a great question. I w- what do you think? Be great for K-State. You think great it's great? Great for the conference going forward with OU and Texas leaving. The Big 12 beats the SEC, and it's not one of the teams that's going to the SEC. It's great for the brand, okay, for the I'll conference, and it's great for K-State because K-State is the only team to beat them. But I'm concerned that if they win a national title – TCU fans will start throwing like half dollars and D batteries. They'll like upgrade and start throwing heavier stuff. I, I look at the end of the day, they're a rival, and you don't want them to have this level of success, I guess. But you're right. I mean, it, this alone proves something about the new twelve, and them winning would totally just suck any argument out of the air about it's not a quality conference. How do you make that argument when one of the teams just won a national title? So I I think that'd be good. I I get the perception. I get all that. But at the end of the day, the fans do not matter. It's about the players on the field. And if K-State wants to get players on the field, if they want to elevate their program, they will be going after the same players that TCU is going after. So, no. The answer to this question is no. It would not be good for, K- for K-State if TCU won the national championship because they will have a national championship and K-State won't. At the end of the day, that's if you're, if you're talking strictly about K-State getting to the point where they want to get to, no, this is not good for K-State. Do I want TCU to win so it makes the conference look good? 
sure, that's fine. But I think which if, is good for K State. <laughs> I, I get that in a sense, but for the sole fact of recruiting, for the sole fact of trying to win games on the field, TCU winning a national championship is not going to help K State at all. If anything, it might hinder them. Yeah. What What does perception of the Big Twelve like actually mean for anything on the field? On field results. Yeah. So I, I see both sides. I see both sides. I don't think they will win. That was part of this question. I don't think they will win. I think they have a chance to. I think they have a better than good chance to. But That's why you play the game. I Yeah, if I'm betting, I don't think I'm going to touch this game. But if I did, I would probably pick Georgia to win. But <laughs> I don't sports bet. I would never. Yeah. No, I would never let you sports bet. I mean... I mean, go back to basketball two years ago. pretty good odds on that not happening, too. Were you cheering for Baylor or not? Did you want Baylor to win the national championship or not? Or even KU. Tournament I mean, is KU's a rival. No, I, I never want KU to win right. the national championship. I never want KU to win the national championship. But when it happens, yeah, still you, can under- how good the you can understand how good that makes you. And I would argue. That you played the national champion. And and that's and that's basketball. We're talking about football. And K State beat the potential national champion. That's great for your program. Well, I, great I'll, perception. I'm all in on TCU winning the national championship, particularly when you pair it with Kansas State winning the national championship in basketball this season. Dominance. Never Pur- losing a game. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. We got another question about that. Purple. Purple rain. We'll be back. Between segments here, we're going to head to the fridge. We might be a little loopy in the second half. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. See, you ask the questions at Wabash Station and we answer it and everyone gets to hear our answers. That's why we don't typically talk about recruiting or I typically don't give out financial advice like I did in the first half of this this podcast. That's that's exclusive VIP material. Did we do both? I, don't, I kind of. I don't think we talked about. Well, a little bit of recruitment. We didn't really give out any names or anything, but I did give my plan for being wealthy, and just everyone's going to do it now, and it really lowers my odds. Probably not. What doesn't lower your odds of success in life is if you go to the fridge wholesale liquor. I don't know why that raises your odds of being successful, but when you feel good and look good carrying your liquor out of the liquor store, I think it makes you a better person. And they'll make you a better person with some damn good booze deals at the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Do they have hot damn there? You got to watch your language. I got Let's bleep that one out soon. Of all the things we've said today, yeah, got to bleep that one. Yep, got to bleep that one out. Get to the fridge. There are sponsors. We love them. They love us in a kind of weird, creepy way. Mike keeps sending nudes in his elf outfit. It's very strange. Anyhow, get to the fridge whenever you can. You take shots of hot damn or what? I, I don't even or know. you mix it with... I, I don't know what... I mean, I think it is like a schnapps, isn't it? Like a pepper. Yeah, well, schnapps. we... I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to name the bar. 
the one with the one with Flacco tacos. Fluka. masked masked wrestlers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But they, do you have? Yeah, that? that's part. That's one of the ingredients in a shot. Yeah. Oh, oh, there oh, we go. Cookie. Get to Flacco Fluka and get that hot damn shot thing. It's called Ryan Gilbert naked. Here we go. Questions from Mob Ass Station. We're off to a roaring start here in the second half. The first question comes from Itame BB. Hot damn! Is the depth of this basketball team... Hold on. I have to reread this question. What's the matter? You get distracted? Is the depth of this basketball team worrisome to you? I want to know when this question was asked. Uh, Is starting five playing too much time to wear them as the conference play continues? More more specifically, is Keontae all right with the minutes he is playing? Uh, that, that I'm not worried about. I mean, they wouldn't do any, they wouldn't play him if it wasn't okay to play him. They got to get David Gasson back. And, you know, we haven't been around the team, so I, we don't know what's really going on with him. Did you get any top secret info? I he mean, looked he, fine. Was, he was walking in front of me in the tunnel in Texas and it looked like he might've been favoring one leg. Mm. Maybe it was a, a shoulder. I don't know. But also, he's a big dude with a huge step, so maybe that's just how he walks. But we so, know it's not season-ending. But, yeah, that gets him down to nine guys, and, you know. Dorian not, doesn't yeah, Dorian really, hasn't played at all, yeah. Yeah, really didn't play, so they're playing. And eight's enough, but not – look, the West Virginia game, they were teetering in trouble. They get – when it goes to overtime, and they if they get a few more foul calls, they're, they're digging down in there to the walk-ons pretty fast. Well, Dorian could – I don't know how well it would maybe go right now, but just play him in the post. <laughs> just go in there and foul. Just go foul. But that's the thing about the versatility. Like Johnson, Tomlin, many, many Masood can can play down there in the post, right? Well, and They're I not weak at guard. Last night in a late possession, they had Tyke mm-hmm. guarding the post, mm-hmm. which makes sense because he's not seven feet tall, but he is seven feet wide in his shoulders. Mm-hmm. The kid. You think. Keontae Johnson has wide shoulders. Oh, my God. Not even close to Tyke Green. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, but they have a very functional eight guys right now. They need the ninth back. And, uh, yeah, I do. I understand exactly what you're saying. As the season goes on, two games a week, injuries start piling up, ankles get twisted, you get sore. Yeah, you might kind of wear down. Maybe depth, but I don't worry about quality of depth if that makes sense like you have yeah, yeah. seven or eight guys right now who can play at a high level with bruce's teams sure there was 10 guys who could go in the game but i mean let's be honest dorian finister would be one of the first guys off the bench or in a starting five on a bruce weber team. i'd take dorian finister a thousand times over luke kazuki i agree so the point is there is quality luke. depth he's where poor guy left he's I mean, still taking shots it's, it's fair it's a fair comparison wow. there's quality depth so no i'm not worried and and i brought up the numbers i put this on twitter but um it's amazing to me the numbers that Keontae Johnson is putting. That's incredible. I'll, I'll I'll spare you the time and the information of playing the guessing game, but there's been arguments on Keontae Johnson or Jalen Wilson. I've seen that a lot. Um, and if you go look at the numbers, Keontae has is averaging two less points, one less rebound, one less assist, but he's shooting at 15 percent better from the field. And Jalen Wilson is kind of unanimous, like he's probably the leader for the conference player of the year. You can make an argument for Marquise, but I think the argument needs to be made for Keontae because he's only going to get better as the season goes on. So um, I don't think Keontae, if he couldn't handle this, he wouldn't do it. But he can handle it, and he's only going to get better. That's the scary part. Okay, so I'm going to make an observation here that might be just a guy talking out his, you know what, on a podcast. I feel like the brand of basketball they're playing, even though they're getting up and down the court, 
is less wear and tear on you because what they're doing is fun. And grinding on defense for 30 seconds every possession is mentally and physically taxing. It's more taxing than running up the court. Right. And dunking. Six or seven seconds. Right. And maybe they're running more in this brand of basketball, but it doesn't feel like the same kind of wear and tear you have from banging on defense and defending for 30 seconds and the mental wear and tear. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any of those players left the court in Austin, Texas feeling like, boy, I'm sore. Boy, I'm worn out. Boy, that was some, you know, they went to eat. They had fun. Winning helps. Winning helps. Believe me. Did you see they had donuts after the game? So no. They really did eat. They did. During and after. Hmm. Huh. So they had donuts. Fitz, were you going to say something about donuts? I'm sorry. I, I, no, that's fine. I was going to say something smart-ass, and then I forgot it. Okay. Well, I'll say I'll disagree with you about Gasson. I don't think they need him back as soon as possible. Because Bebe has really stepped up. He has. That West Virginia game, K-State was down, I think, 14 within you know a few minutes of that game. And Bebe came in and scored six of the game's next eight points. And then Masood has not done a whole lot, but he hit four free throws against Texas. And he's playing with more confidence. And so, obviously, you want, you want Gasson back. But you look at the future, it's an 18-game conference season. You throw in Florida, that's 19 games before you play in the Big 12 tournament. You know, maybe you give Gasson an extra, you know, you don't want to rush him back in. You want him to have fresh legs as the season goes on and continue to grow confidence with Bebe and Masood. You're playing in the postseason, right? You're playing for the postseason. Make sure yeah. that you get your guys back for then at this point. That's- I mean, you look at like, K-State's 2-0. and Like, obviously, we're going to talk about can K-State make it to the NCAA tournament and all this. But, like, you look at the numbers, how many more games they have to win? Seven? And they're probably comfortably in. That's amazing. That's crazy to think about. Here's what here's where I'm at with this team. If they beat Baylor, you can legitimately have conversations about them competing for a Big 12 championship this year. I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. No. Yeah, like I said, obviously you, you've proven that you can compete, but you also have a leg up with your 3-0 record. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. All right. Next question comes from KSU number one. The latest top 50 net rankings showed all 10 Big 12 schools in the top 50. What are the chances nine or even all 10 go dancing? Well, I don't think there's any way that 10 can go. Mathematically, unless it really turns into KU wins with 12 victories and everyone else is 8 and 10 or whatever, however the math works out. Yeah. I don't see the, how possibly that could happen. I'm going to say there's going to be eight, maybe seven, seven yeah. because the three teams that I think won't get in just based off of what I've seen so far in pure talent and the brand of basketball they play would not, might not be as appealing to the committee would be Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and West Virginia. Those would be the schools that I would say, and maybe Texas tech, maybe Texas Iowa tech, state, one of those teams, I know. Iowa state just, you know, they had another big win. They're two and zero in the conference. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the fact that the net rate was it the net ratings that showed the 10 toughest strength of schedules mm-hmm. from here on out are the 10 Big 12 teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is obscene. Yeah. It is, it's crazy how good this conference is. And people are like, well, we have Kentucky. It's, it's top to bottom. That's the issue here. Yeah. There's no buys in this conference. You can't go anywhere without being in peril of losing. Football was that way this year, but basketball's really that way. Let's remind everyone, Kansas State was picked last in this conference. And they just scored 116 points and beat number six Texas on its own floor. That's what the conference is about. Daphne, you're driving me crazy. Uh, I'll ask you guys this question. Um, and this kind of ties in with the next one. Um, 
Well, I guess I'll just ask the next one unless you guys have anything else. Just to go say. for it. Okay. Next question comes from Legacy Cat. This is a little hyperbole, but we'll go with it. Will Jerome Tang play for a national championship in his first year? Play if the you way can't you play against Texas. If you count making the game. tournament playing for a national championship, that's being technically able to win true. It, that is, you got yes. if you're in the field of 68, you're playing for a national championship. Okay. <clears throat> so, what are your expectations for this team? I, we haven't talked about this, but I want to know all your guys' expectations. Okay, so the other night when we got back from our long drive, I'm laying in bed and I'm exhausted. I drove all the way down and all the way back for reasons I don't know because I have good drivers. And I was literally sitting in the front seat the whole time wide awake. Yeah, I mean, but I did. I was on a roll. Um, And so, but I got back and I was... I was stone sober, but basically drunk. I was so tired. And I bet, made three bets... In a drunken state, even though I was sober, I bet Kansas State money line at Texas. And then I, I kind of covered myself. I felt like nine and a half, ten points, whatever the spread was, was too much. So I went ahead and bet the spread, too. And I won both of those, technically. I won both of those. I got to expose you. I know. And I also bet K-State into the final four. 25 bucks to win 1000 So I'm like, what the heck? I mean... This team looks like with the right draw, they could rip through a bracket. And they also look like the kind of team that could lose to southeastern northern Kentucky in the first round just because it's a bad matchup. Go ahead and expose me. Go ahead. You cashed out your bet. I cashed out what? my bet. So the game Coward. He's such a coward. The game got I, I bet ten dollars and I was gonna win forty eight. And the game got down to nine. Right, and there was like seven minutes left. My cash out was forty three dollars. Normally, I wouldn't, but I'm like five bucks of an insurance policy that I'm going to win this bet. Yeah, they still got you. Yeah, I agree. Like that game could, like K State yeah. did not have it locked up just because no. of the way Texas was scoring. So yeah, I, I think out. once they scored a hundred, it was over though. Yeah. So your expectation is what fits? I, th- I I've gone to believe in that they will definitely be in the. Uh, NCAA tournament and Jerome Tang is going to win a first round game. And yeah. I want to emphasize the importance of what I mean by say that. Zach? Yeah. I mean, what's crazy is those first two games, they changed at least my perception of the team easily. But it goes to show you if you can start hot, you go 2 0, you just got to win seven out of 16 to basically guarantee yourself. Um, a spot in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So they did what they needed to do to, I don't want to say change the course because they've played well for the most part all season. And the record shows that it was against mostly lesser teams, but they have been winning games and now they've proven, Hey, it wasn't a fluke. Those weren't just bad teams. We can play with the best of them and they're winning games. So, so it'll, it's going to be fun. The final 16 games here to see if they can get any, and, and They've got two in the two in the back pocket already, so they don't they don't really need a lot of help. This is how good this conference is, and, and Gilbert, you can probably tell me if I'm wrong here, but if K State hypothetically finishes in the top half of the conference, I think they have a great chance of doing that. By the way, just based off of the two and zero start, it's going to take a major collapse for them not to do that. But if they finish in the top half of the conference, let's say they finish fifth, they could theoretically get a five seed. I think mm-hmm. if they finish fourth, they could get a four seed and so on and so forth. Like, that is le- legitimately yeah. where we're at because this conference is so good. Am I crazy for thinking that a top five seed in the NCAA tournament is the expectation? 
no. now now can be an expectation. That's Tang's expectation. Mm-hmm. He said that to to the media one time that I don't think a champion has ever been a non top five seed right in the mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. So I said all along this season eight nine, and you get in, you win a game, and then you lose to a one seed. Like that's been my expectation. But these last couple of games, it is a hundred percent. It's changed. If you beat Baylor. You can legitimately talk about winning the Big 12 this year. I firmly believe that. You could, but not only because you'll be 3-0, but you got two road wins already. Against two of the so-called better teams. In the but conference. the way this conference is, you can't relax and come home saying, well, hey, we're playing Oklahoma State. That'll be easy because nothing's easy. I almost think that's a good thing, though, because they have to be focused yeah. night in and night out. Yep. I think this group will be. Yeah, you have this to This is an focused. incredible coaching job, guys. And I'm not just saying Jerome Tang. What they've done on – offensively and defensively has just been amazing. Granted, you can sit there and argue they didn't play much defense against Texas, but folks, the game plan was exactly what they did. They they wanted that to be an open court game because they felt like they were the superior open court team and Texas's success had been completely predicated on both full and half court defense and they didn't let them play that very often. That's brilliant. How many times did we hear the previous guy say, well, I want to get out the run, and then they never ran. He'd be holding his team up when Mm -hmm. it's clearly they need to be running. They can't play half-court offense, so make sure they play half-court offense. This team's so good in the open court, and Marquise Noel's passing is as good as you will see at any level. It's unbelievable, but credit his teammates who go attack the rim without the ball. They're all going to the rim. They're making themselves available, and by God, they catch the ball. There's a revelation. If Yurik Malagy had that scout against Texas and it was that good, can you imagine what it's going to be on Saturday when Jerome Tang has the scout <laughs> against Baylor? I wonder who is actually doing it. I bet it's, it has to be Jerome. I would think I'm so. I'm pretty sure he said on Tuesday that they kind of split it up. That one guy has it, but they're all in there. Malgi presents it. But yeah, they all bring it together. Yeah, yeah. one guy's always in charge. Usually, assistant. But um, I wonder if it might be someone else down because I think some of the scouting's done by the other guys. I know Marco Bourne's had a scout. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I think they're going to win on Saturday because Tang is going to have an incredible game plan. If Yurik had that game plan against Texas, yeah. Yeah, Baylor zero and three to start conference. Who would have thought it? Baylor going zero and two is not uh, good for K State. No, I agree with that. The urgency is up, but Baylor's also running into a buzzsaw in K State right now. They're hot, so Mm -hmm. yeah, that's something to think about. Back to the the Big Twelve for just a moment. I'm a believer that the difference between the number one team and the number ten team is is pretty small. No, right? Like Baylor, like we've shown that the top isn't maybe as heavy as it might have been this year. Yes. Yeah. Right now. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think KU is really good, but I don't think KU, without the, a dominant post, I don't think KU is in the yeah. same position that yeah. they have been in the past. Yeah, and so it's more about the how, how prepared you are for a game, being locked in, maybe the scouting and stuff like that. The, the minor details are what's going to win you these games. It's not a matter of, oh, who are we playing this night? You know, it's it's simply how locked in are you, how focused are you, how good was the scout, and finding a way to win a one-possession game in the Big 12. And, and and back to the NCAA tournament too. K State, like the guards, what what Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson are doing is very sustainable, and that will travel. That will play against tough defenses. K State can make a good run in the tournament, being carried by the guards. Yeah, but right. you mentioned the, like KU, they don't have a post player. A team that does, if K State runs into that, like a very you know, um, what was that Coburn guy from Illinois last mm-hmm. year? Mm-hmm. K State runs into one of those guys. I think they're in trouble. Well, in the tournament. They struggled with LSU. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because of that, I'll be curious to see how they handle the matchup. 
whenever they do go up somebody like that because um, are they going to learn from that and say, okay, you know what, Naquan, you're going to be more of a guard and we're going to make you, you're going to make the other team adjust? Because K-State really didn't do that against LSU. It was kind of like, you know, we're just going to go out there. And, and I think we forget that there was no really game plan or, or strategizing in that game. That was a championship game. There was no time to mm-hmm. scout. So, um It'll be interesting to see what they do with that because, you know, that is. I think if there is one spot where you have to worry maybe a little bit, yeah, it's that five spot. But I'm mean, going to trust this coaching staff to, to figure it out, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough going up against a big guy like mm-hmm. that. Offensively, K-State will be fine. Like, they're going to find ways around that. But on defense, you're going to have to double, which creates, you know, an open guy somewhere else. And so... Only guy, only guy like that in the Big 12 I could think of is Eddie Lampkin from TCU. But Your favorite, yeah. That's about it. That's my boy. Uh, last question of the podcast comes from Jim Cat. It is a Jim uh, basketball question for Fitz and the GPC team. Well, thank you for asking. I would assume that's who this question is, too. Um, how do you like the cages you sit in at Bramlage? Look, I, I've wanted out of the seats we've had for a long time. <clears throat> they seemed great, but actually you couldn't really see much. Like the basketball goal, the base of it, would block the entire bench. You couldn't see part of the court. Yeah, we did pick up some things going on, people John and you know some fouls, and we, we'd see some out-of-bounds plays pretty clearly. And the classic cats being right in front of you, every time they score, basket scored, they jump up and you can't see. And they went through a phase where they decided to stand up the last minute of the game, which I had a meltdown up over. Um, so I don't mind the seats. The, which, ironically, I still can't see the K-State bench because the other goal's down my way. But I don't mind the seats, and they are very accessible to the media areas and the bathrooms, which is important for me, uh, that we need to be at. But they are, that is a GA section next to us where they put all the kids that come in on buses and we're trying to work and and the pitch of the kids is a unique tone that no crowd can emulate quite like a bunch of children. Folks, if you're listening, it shouldn't be that hard to tell that Fitz never had kids. Continue nope. on. Yep. He's exactly. Got dogs. Well, as far as I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... But at the end of the game, the big problem is the kids all run to the bottom of the stairs to get Willie's autograph, and we can't go to the pre- we can't get out. So that is something actually K State's going to try to look at. Maybe like not having Willie stop over by the band, but not at that section. Seats are good though. The seats are fine, and we got good work surfaces. From a work standpoint, achieving what we need to achieve at a game, it's a better situation. It will be a little tight when KU comes to town, though. Yes, because they bring a lot of media from Kansas City that normally don't give a crap about Kansas State basketball. And they also bring uh, about 12 administrators that think they need to be in on media passes. Hmm. Damn, this is unbelievable. I'm already excited for that game, by the way. <clears throat> but the cages, As you pointed out, they look like cages on television. <laughs> Let's well, not... Duh! Where else should we be? We're trapped in there. We should be in cages. We're animals. It really did look hilarious watching the West Virginia game on TV. Seeing... Yeah. Gills Three. sitting did you, in a cage. Did you see me? It was just you early. You were easy to pick out because... The one person, yeah. There was only about three of you up there. Yeah, it was me and Flanders from the other site and I think one of the collegian, like, student media mm-hmm. members. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest were just, the you know, Tom and his staff that he's got. Unbelievable. I I, di- I disagree. I don't like our view. I miss being right up on the court. I mean, no, the, the I basket don't... in the way, I agree. But I like being close as possible. Yeah. I don't think the view is as good as I thought it would be. But I didn't think they were going to put us right next to the tunnels. You know, I thought they were going to put us like, well, basically where the band is now. I thought we'd be there. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with it. I'm, I just need I need to be able to have area to work, see the game well enough, and to access the areas 
I need. And I, I, I'm fine with the idea that the media doesn't deserve courtside seats anymore. I get that it's now about making money. But you can't do what they've done in Lawrence and put the media so far up in a corner you can't see the game. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, and I'm going to say this. Eventually, places like Kansas, the media will be relegated to a media room to watch on TV. I'm convinced of it 100%. At some point, this money grab will say, why are we even letting these guys sit for free anywhere? Um, even though – and they got to be careful because a lot of media will say, well, screw them. I'm not going to go cover them. And maybe that doesn't matter anymore. In this age of social media, maybe that doesn't matter. To They don't need the media like they used to. So there are changes coming. I think I can see that with the NCAA tournament too. We found out that the Big 12 tournament, the media will no longer be at courtside. They're going to be up in the hockey press box, which is so high up, it, you might as well not even be there. I hope GoGo's there so I can use his binoculars. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, if if every game was sold out and it was a packed house, I'd say okay, but it's not. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get I get how Yormark's trying to maximize things, but wow. Last question for me: Will Tuesday be sold out against Oklahoma State? That's what time is the question. game? Is eight. It, is, it, is it eight? Eight or six? Students come six. back. Is this still winter break? Yes, still winter I thought break. It was six. Next week too. Uh, next week, yes, is also yeah. winter break. Mm-hmm. As no. I as I said, as I said, I don't know if it'll be a good crowd. Out. It will not be sold out. The first yes. Yes. the first day of the first day of classes is also the day of the KU game. I think that one might be sold out. Just giving a random so. guess. Well, it I, I hope been for a couple <laughs> of years. I, I, I'm challenging K Staters. You you want a better basketball, you got it. Um and I know it's not convenient, but with a six PM game, get off work early, get to town, have some fun. Especially if they beat Baylor. Zach and I will be there covering it for Go Pirate Um so I can do a walk and talk from the Farrell Center. It'll probably be a sit and talk for those wondering. I might just wander around. Just just wander around the Farrell Center. Go say hi to the bear for me. Farrell fits. I think walk this will around. be the last time we're inside the boob, which is what I call it. Because if you see it from the outside, it looks like a breast. Anyhow, uh, I, th- they're building a new facility also under 10,000 seats like Texas. It looks really steep. The new when one? We drove by it, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. How was the Moody Center in Texas? Lovely. It was very nice. Very confusing when we got in. There was. It's not coming from the Sugar Bowl where everything is well signed and everyone knows exactly what credential gets you into what access. It was very confusing to try finding where we were supposed to go, and it seemed like not everybody knew in a brand new arena where people needed to go. It's so. Texas basketball. There, a lot of people down there don't even. know It they did play remind basketball. me a little bit of. The old arena, just based on I have no clue where I'm going. Yeah. Oh, because <laughs> like underneath. Yeah. Like, it, it, you start walking in a circle. I yeah. have the same problem at T-Mobile. Yeah. Underneath, you start walking in a circle, and you're like, where but am no. I? Once once you figure it out, you know exactly how it is. They leave all the doors shut though to the arena, like to the arena floor. You got to open up like a double yeah. door. They don't just leave them open. Mm-hmm. Very odd. Shout out to the Sugar Bowl. Extremely well run. Yes. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Right. Mm. Why would you bring him up? You know I'm a Skip Payless fan. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. PowerCat.